the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. What up, folks? Regrettably, our um, third member of our triumvirate is, uh, I believe, um, a tad busy at the moment. Yeah, seeing as uh, for most, I know my Facebook feed is clogged with graduations uh, for college kids going right going on right now. So I'm assuming this weekend he's got all sorts of end of the year madness going on, mm-hmm. and not the good kind where you get played cheaper because you've been discarded. Well, then again, <laughs> uh, it is a fairly good um, simile for um, graduation. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we'll bring you all the news uh, for this week, just the two of us. Uh, but I think we can handle it. Um, yep. Let's start with the Amazon Restored release. We have the uh, information on that um, just come through, and it looks pretty much the same as most recent events. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Wizards is kind of going with the whole if it ain't broke, don't fix it strategy when it comes to the pre-release and release structure. And, I mean, they do a fairly good business. The cards get out into the system. Everyone gets what they want. There are, you know, drafts. There are sealed Swiss queues. There are premier events. Um, I guess those of you that want leagues back, you're still shorted. But, you know, what are you going to do? Wait till uh, 2014. Exactly. When they'll start to think about forming a committee that will consider the possibility of thinking about leagues. Uh, well, let's not be too hasty. Let's not be too hasty. Yeah, yeah you're right. We're right. we got to back it up a little bit. <laughs> mm. No, but um, uh, one cool thing is obviously we get the new avatars for people that like those. And then not unsurprisingly, the choices are um, Gristlebrand, who you'll get for playing in most of the events. And then the winning one is uh, Avison. So, um, yes, the two main... Uh... Uh, antithetical legends of the set um, seems like a reasonable uh, um, set of pictures to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gristlebrand looks pretty serious. If you see, check out the uh, artwork he's got going. He could do some damage. Yes. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So I mean, if you like the events, if you play and release events, they're there. And then obviously you have the chance to qualify for the Abiston Restored Championship. Uh, which will be held on June 9th, where you could potentially win a foil playset of Abyssin Restored. It should be nice. Oh, and also, um, players who play in the Release Event Championship, the promo that they will have for that is Restoration Angel. Uh, So you'll get one for playing in the event, and then you'll get a foil copy if you top 64. And that card is not too shabby. Yep. Nice little... um, It... um... I wonder if it'll see any constructed play. Uh, I think it. I think it will. It's it's a strong card. I mean, just stats wise, as a four mana three four uh, with flash and flying, that alone makes it a decent card. And then, given yeah. the number of comes into play abilities and neat things that you can do with the uh, flicker trigger, I I think we'll see a lot of play. Yes, the Philly. Um Saying converted mana cost is flashing back a momentary blink, you get quite a bit more use. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of creep there. <laughs> well, 
events, um, the, event, the release events, uh, much the same as usual. Are you planning on uh, diving in yourself? Oh, yeah, I pretty much, I always play. That's how I get the majority of my cards, um, I would say, is through the release events. Because I make it a point to try and have um, every common and uncommon, and then I just get kind of the rares of mythics that interest me. But I don't, I'm too lazy to want to dig for commons and uncommons and find bots that have them or people that have them. So I just try to make it a point to get four of every common and uncommon. And the biggest way I do that is by playing in a bunch of release events. Um, I typically start with the the sealed cues just so I can get a good taste of every card in limited um, as much as possible. And then I slowly move my way into draft because I like draft more. But then I don't want to jump into those without knowing the, you know, the relative power of the cards in the set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, AJ? You play any of the release events? You make time, squeeze those in? Well, it's not as much time as uh, money. Yeah. Um, probably not going to delve in too much um, uh, this time around, but uh, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and also because it is a triple set, um, I think I play a bit more. Whenever it's a small set um, and then some of the product you get is part of the the large set, I t- typically play those less. But because we have a large set, I think I'll be playing it a little more. gets boring after a uh, longer period of time. Yeah, that's true. Although I do love uh, small set triple drafts because they are not designed to be done that way, so you end up with some wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, if you are interested in those, those will be available for you starting uh, May 23rd. So not after this downtime coming up, but a week after that. You will see those events hitting the Magic Online queues near you. Okay. Now, continuing the theme of uh, Avacyn Restored, we've just had Protor Avacyn. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, grabby from that? Um, yeah, I would say it's it's a it was probably one of the more diverse block constructed um, pro tours that I have seen in a while. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard to build um, varied decks because block formats are so constrained by the number of cards you have that typically you only see a couple of decks um, available to you. And it's just really interesting because given the fact that there's not even like some kind of wacky combo deck really in the format, there's still quite a bit of diversity. Um, just looking through the top eight, I would say the, bi- the big winner, obviously, Avacyn Restored made a huge impact on this format. Lots of cards being played um, are from the third set. And one of the most prominent being Wolf here Silverheart. Yeah. This guy just turned out to be a house. Well, given his stats and the stats he boosts anybody else to, it's not too surprising. Absolutely, yeah, because playing that guy out and then hitting an Invisible Stalker and a Geist of Saint Trap, one of those, that's uh, pretty disheartening. And also just the interesting thing, like looking at a lot of the coverage and listening to some of the the pros talk about it, everyone kind of just came to the realization that Black is just not very good in this format. Mm. Um like, there's just not a whole lot you want to play in there compared to, like, obviously, like, some of the creatures are just insane. And so yeah. they, the black creatures just can't compete. So there's really not a good black deck in the format, save for maybe zombies. So you don't see a lot of black removal. So most of the removal tended to be towards red. It was more burn spell stuff. Well, if burn is the removal of choice, then, you know, an 8-8 is a little bit out of range for most burn spells. Yeah, although there are a few um, rather powerful... Uh, well, there's... Um... What was the uh, Red Wrath, the um, cost attack. less for each creature? Yeah, Blast of yeah. Attack. And, I'm sure that, and that's all quite a bit of play. Um, and also Bonfire of the Damned. 
made made a bit of an appearance. And then also the other thing is just looking at the Silverheart is that you it it gives you more value out of playing like Avicen's Pilgrim and other mana creatures like that because those dorks aren't that great. You're like, oh, late in the game they can't do anything. Well, if that dork suddenly becomes a 5-5, five, five, um, he can do something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just looking at the top eight, there were a lot of interesting decks. I was really sad that Paul Weitzel, he was playing in the last round of contention, didn't make it because he had a really sweet uh, red-white aggro deck that I liked a lot, um, and he just missed out. So, Other than that, I, I like it. There are a lot of cool decks. We'll probably see that deck refined uh, over the next few events and see what um, people can do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it was a good deck, and I know several people played uh, variations on it, but uh, I was I started watching some of the coverage, and I was like, I don't know what deck really, like, I was pulled in different directions, I saw Paul play, and he went turn one, uh, champion of the parish, turn two, gather the townsfolk, it's now a 3-3, three, three. turn three, uh, was like Silver Knight Paladin, bo- soul bond it to uh, champion of the parish, attack for ten. Pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your opponent's like, I have two land in play. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> well, it depends on your perspective. Yeah, exactly. It depends on which side of that the red zone you you are there. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, okay, I know what deck I love in the format now. It's it's this mm. thing. That uh, was very cool. Have you gotten to to look through any of the block decks? See anything interesting? Yep, I've had a um. Gander. I do quite like the um, Miracle deck, which uh, won the whole thing. Um, it's basically it seems to be uh, fairly land heavy, uh, 27 lands it runs, but um, uh, runs a ridiculous amount of miracles. Um, I mean, that's pretty much including... all. That's pretty much all the deck. It looks like it's there's 16 miracles, there's draw spells, and there's tamios, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you've got the full set of Devastation Tide, the full set of Terminus. Um, only the um, one um, permanent, uh, well, non-land permanent in uh, Tamiyo itself, and uh, entreat the angels of the nice little finisher. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, it's an interesting deck. It obviously uh, works because it did end up taking down the whole thing. It kind of reminds me of um, Cascade in a way, like Jun decks, because that you are so heavy on land because your spells are just so powerful that the most important thing is to not get uh, Landscrew. Like, I watched one of the games in the finals, and I think uh, it showed the guy, uh, Alexander Hain. He kept, like, six land think twice, I think was his hand, and he seemed very happy with it. And at first I was like, wait, what? And then I was, th- you know, thinking about all the matches I'd watched, like, watched, and I was like, you know, that's that's probably a really good hand for that deck. <laughs> I suppose it is, yeah. yeah. What's in your hand doesn't matter. What's, uh, in fact, what's in your hand is a, a bit of a lost leader, really. Exactly, yeah, because you want, you know, those... Uh, terminuses and temporal masteries to be sitting on top of your deck waiting for you. Oh, hey, a hand with um, no major cards and some draw. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. That's That'll set you up. Looking at the sideboard, though, he does have some co- way to convert in that. He has Geist of St. Traps and Snapcaster yeah. Mages, so he can be a bit more aggressive if need be. Yeah. Well, it does seem to be principal control and um, pretty effective in that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clearly in the... the the style of old school blue white control decks where it just kind of sits back and generates card advantage and comes up with a big finisher to deal with you. So. Taps down everything you've got, then when you run out of things to tap it with, bounces them back to your opponent's hand. Um, 
then when um, if that doesn't work, then it uh, kills everything and hits you with the angels. Absolutely, yeah. There's also a a fun little obscure win you can do with uh, if you do manage to ultimate with Tamiyo, um, you can actually mill your opponent out with Thought Scour in a slow <laughs> but painful manner because you could sit there and target them and keep rebuying your Thought Scour. So for every blue mana, you would mill them for two cards. Mm-hmm. I imagine you'd draw into and treat the angels before that happens, but it's funny nonetheless. And of course, Thought Scour then becomes a very powerful draw card. That's true, yeah. It would become the, the best Ancestor Recall ever. If, uh, well, you had yeah, to. it's basically a, um, uh Ancestor Recall for one less with buyback zero. Yeah, that'd be a good card. Ancestor Recall, buyback zero, that's, that's a little okay. Even with one less card. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, very cool deck. Probably going to be pretty fun to play, I'd imagine. Although, it does make you wonder what price the Miracles are going to hit Magic Online out there. Yeah, that's true, because they, they showed their, their stuff. So, you know, people were already, you know, there were people that were back and forth on Temporal Mastery. Well, now we got proof that it can hang at least, certainly at least in Standard. And they were already worried, and people were more worried about Brainstorm formats like, you know, Vintage and Legacy and things like that. And here it is doing well in standard. Time Walk is still Time Walk, that's the thing. Yeah. And apparently, though, Time Walk at 7 mana is still good, as long as you have, you know, four angels on the board already, so... Well, yeah, yeah. if you think about it, uh, yeah. Uh, time Walk at um, 5 mana was um, enough to um, uh, be fairly dominant when it got uh, reprinted in the core set. Yeah, that's true. And, t- and really, Time Warp and Time Walk effects have only gotten more powerful... With the introduction of Planeswalkers. Hmm. Where having one play, taking an extra turn is so much more valuable, uh, even if you don't have a whole lot to do. Yeah. Fairly mehability, but uh, that extra notch up might be the thing you need to do to go ultimate. Absolutely. Right. All right. Now, I believe we do have one other bit of news, something which is coming out in the very near future. Well, relatively near future, anyway. And that's a... Um, the next of the dual deck series. Absolutely. Announcing Is It versus Golgari, just in time to fit in with the new um, Return to Ravnica set. Uh, featuring the, um, for those who weren't around when we had Ravnica, Is It is the uh, Blue Red uh, Mad Scientist Experimentation Guild, and Golgari is the uh, Black Green um, Reduce, Reuse, Recycle Guild. Absolutely. And they mean that with, you know, bodies mm-hmm. it's very interesting it's funny to hear it oh because I, I just i hadn't heard anyone say it before when you say is it versus golgari because you know they were the constant jokes with using is it as a question as opposed to yes. the name of guilty like is it versus golgari is it versus golgari yeah is it versus is it versus golgari or was it Demir? i can't i can never remember mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so that'll be cool it's it's fun i, I like what the now you can see the effects of how they said switching up the dual decks so that you have the Planeswalker-aligned dual deck um, or character-aligned dual deck to come out in the beginning of the year, and then in the fall having the dual deck that kind of thematically ties in with the big set. So yep. it, it actually now it makes a lot of sense. It seems like the products flow better, and this will be a pretty cool one, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, powerful cards and memorable cards in the two uh, um, color pairings, so... They do appear to have a picture of um, Niv Mizzet on the cover, although whether that's a uh, new version of the uh, 
uh, old favourite or if it's a reprint of the old one. Mm-hmm. And they mention a new leader for the um, uh, Golgari Swarm. That's true. Namely Jared. Yeah, not the Goblin King, but the Elvish Lich Lord. Although you could well imagine them using a, a David Bowie aesthetic for this guy. That, that would Nothing would make me happier if, <laughs> if that happened. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. And I think this is a good opportunity for them you know, to release some cards. Like, I know one thing that's not, would be nice is to get more copies of, like, the Karoos, uh in print, because I know those are pretty big and popular sometimes. So, I don't know if the blue, red, and the black, green specifically, but... Oh, we'll see what the um, set itself brings. There's so many interesting cards which they could reprint, but uh, which... Um, uh, well, we don't know what they're doing for the lands for Return to Ravnica, but there's so much space for them to move into that... Um, you never know what might happen. Yeah, there's there's a lot up in the air as far as uh, mana bases go because we don't know what they're going to look at for M13 or Ravnica. Um, I know there's a lot of suspicion regarding the, the Rav- original Ravnica dual lands, which would make sense given their status in modern and their relative scarcity. So, uh, yep. but who knows how they're going to do it and what they're going to do or what new ones we might get. You know, like I'll say again, you know, just. Somewhat jokingly, I'm like, if they could just reprint Ravnica, like the set itself, as Return to Ravnica, and I'd be okay with that. Well, I'd like to see some new evolutions and developments, but there were some yeah. really great cards in that set. Yeah. Although, I told that to a friend of mine, he's like, I wouldn't. Can you imagine having to deal with Lingering Souls plus Glare of Subduel? Oh, lordy. Yeah. yeah that's, that would be nasty. Yeah, <laughs> like all the token stuff we have now, if Glare of Subduel was reprinted. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Nazi Glare of and doubling Plano. season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah. But no, so that product will be coming out in September uh, as the release date. I assume it'll be pretty much a simultaneous launch between Magic Online and... I think th- I think those are simultaneous, typically, between real life and online mm-hmm. on the dual decks. Yep, although there may be a, a few preview cards in the next set, although it uh, depends whether they decide to go that route or not. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you up to date on any details we get of cards that might be included in there and, and what you'll see. Once we know, then you'll know. Right. Now, retain to uh, the block constructor. Let's have a look at the prices from uh, what's really standing out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I just went through and plucked out uh, the cards that we saw in block constructor. The problem is a lot of what we're, we saw in block constructor was Avis and Restored, which makes sense because it is one of two big sets in the in block, so it would feature a lot. But here is just a sampling of some cards. Most of them are. You know, cards that were already known, already doing well, um, such as Garrick, Relentless, Huntmaster of the Fells, and Geist of St. Trap. Yeah. Uh, which are all about 14 20 bucks, bucks each. And you got the sort of the uh, mid-range, but uh, still pretty impressive stuff. Micaeus is at uh, 3.8, Falcon Theron Aristocrat at 4.3, and Hellrider at uh, 3.25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Then we have a couple, just a few, like, Creeping up, uh, some lands in particular stood up above the rest, and that's Hinterland Harbor and Clifftop Retreat, which have mm-hmm. inched their way up past the dollar mark into $2 territory. And then a, a new entry to the, the list of prominent cards is Increasing Savagery, which is still in quite a bit of flux, but as of right now, just a little over a dollar. But given the fact that that card was like $0.05 cents, uh, a couple days ago, we'll see where it has to go. That does seem a little anomalous. What uh, really caused a spike there? Um, it is featured in some of the decks. I mean, you know, if you increasing savagery 
your um, Invisible Stalker, you're in pretty good shape. There was there were a couple of decks that chose to do like this non-interactive route, so they tried to be more of a combo-ish deck in the sense that they were playing Invisible Stalker and lost the pump. So it was a really, 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 really good draft deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you had Invisible Stalkers and Spectral Shifts and Increasing Savagery. Um, and, in fact, I think even... I think uh, Galdanis, uh the finalist, was playing it in his deck. He had some copies in there. Hmm. So basically, um, build your own monster. Exactly. And you can't target it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like another Wolfier Silverheart almost um, in that way. Yeah, he had uh, four copies main deck. So you tag that on you know, your Geist of St. Trap, your Invisible Stalker, on your Dungeon Geist to sneak through in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Turned out to be a pretty good card. Anything with Hexproof um, gets a lot better with that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically another enchantment at that point. Um, so. mm-hmm. Who knew enchant creatures could be so good? <laughs> if you just take the words enchant creature off them yeah. and give them flashback. <laughs> That's true. And also say your opponent can't target this creature that you're targeting with it. Yeah. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that... Uh, we'll probably start to see some play in Block Constructed. I don't know if they can make the jump to Standard right now, um, you know. But I'd, I'd keep that card in the back of your mind if you're playing Block, and certainly keep it keep it in your thoughts for when we have the rotation um, and the Standard gets smaller. Yep. Although not that much smaller, given the um, uh, large size of uh, Avis and Restored. Yeah, that's true. So there you have it, and hope you know. Coming here soon, we will have uh, some people introduce the Aviston Restored prices, but seeing as they're all not listed right now, we can't really give you much to go on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we can potentially speculate about what they'll uh, enter the system as, but I think we've already done that one, haven't we? Yeah, we've, we've kind of covered that. Maybe we'll, we'll bring those back and do a comparison and be like, oh, we were way off. Or oh, <laughs> smug mode. Yeah, always fun. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's the more fun version. Mm-hmm. Huh? Going on to our question of the week, how often or or how much, I guess, do you get to play uh, Magic Online per week, or how much do you like to play per week? Uh, AJ? That's a very interesting question. Um, Varies a fair bit. I um, always try to carve out a few hours um, uh, at the weekend for the Tribal. I like to get in some testing beforehand uh, uh, with a few friends. I've uh, not been able to this week for... um, uh, reasons I won't get into, but um, yeah, usually um, a solid few hours um, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, as for me, uh, you know, I try to uh, I try to play at least a couple of nights a week here and there, um, depending on what I'm doing and where I'm at. The problem is right now I'm mostly interested in standard, but we're in that dead time. Um, I get I've gotten on, and I usually try and play a couple Thursday night magics because I like to try and get all a playset of the promo, assuming it's something relatively useful and lately they've been doing a good job with that so i've been playing those quite a bit um now that the cube drafts are over i've realized i got a bunch of time spiral packs just sitting in my account so i've been trying to sneak on and play in those events to try and clear those out uh while that's still an option Hmm. so yeah um... at least two or three nights a week and then maybe a little bit on the weekends Quite a cunning way for them to do it. People don't notice what they're winning until, whilst they're still having fun with the cube. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I finished up. I was like, oh, I can't cube draft anymore. It's like, what am I gonna do? Like, oh, well, I've got all these times for all packs. I guess I'll go play that. 
mm-hmm. which has been a fun throwback. I, I forgot how much I enjoyed that as a draft format. Oh, it's great fun. The problem with Time Spiral was it was uh, basically a love song to the history of um, Magic up to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's been interesting. I think I like it because it is it creates hideous, hideously complex complex board situations, <laughs> which exactly. for some reason I, I enjoy that kind of punishment. Well, if you if you were around for much of the history of magic, or indeed most of the history of magic after that, um, it you kind of um, sort of complexity acclimatization, if you will, and it really tapped into that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and there's not a whole lot of problematic cards in the format. Sprout Swarm is probably the biggest one, mm. which I did manage uh, to beat the other day, and I was psyched about that. <laughs> Sprout Swarm was always a uh, bit of a pain to deal with and uh, from it's when they get to the point where hmm i can now uh, produce exponential tokens with this thing yeah exactly and i i had an opponent get there because he had he was just playing like pretty much mono green splashing like some other colors for stuff and he so he had an army of sapperlings generating tokens and then when he finally found sprout swarm he could just go off with that um luckily i stayed i had a pretty aggressive deck and st- kept him low enough and then got a timely pyrohemia to uh, clear out enough tokens to get in and kill him. Awesome. Yeah, it was good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and I actually that oddly kind of jumped ahead to what you've been playing, so as far as me, I've been uh, playing Time Spiral Block Drafts, and I've had some success. That's the problem. Here I was trying to get rid of the packs, but I'm actually doing kind of well, so I keep getting packs back. So, <laughs> uh, dear, sort of a never-ending spiral of time. <laughs> How very appropriately named, yeah. So I'll just, you know, keep playing and hope to win the Tarmogoyf lottery. Uh, <laughs> and then when I can't do any more, just sell the packs for whatever I can get for. Uh, probably with a, hey, you could win the Tarmogoyf lottery with this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that works. But, uh, yeah. That's what I've been doing. Mostly, I mostly end up drafting blue-red, I found. Although I had a sliver deck that I had a lot of fun with uh, just recently. I thought I was drafting just straight blue-red again. And then I was midway. We were, like, early on in Planar Chaos. And I didn't see anything in the pack. And I was like, oh, I got a couple of slivers. Maybe I can splash this sinew sliver. And then the next pack, I got past past, uh, Oros. I was like, oh, that guy's good. And I've already got red and white. So what's black to add to the mix? So I took him and then kind of just worked its way from there. Oros and his slippers. Yeah. Hmm, fair enough. Yeah. Only uh, problem, my first opponent, Mono White. Ah. Of course. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just have to swing for six in the air. Then. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'll just attack you anyways and just not pay the three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you can't get past all my slippers on the ground. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. Yep. How about you, AJ? What's right. your plan? I um, took a... Uh, a virgin endangered tribe to the uh, weekend tribal, as is my want these days. Um, night stalkers. Um, are there are there even is... night stalkers left? I thought they would have died in the uh, the great realignment of race class. Well, bear in mind that night stalkers um, were one of the uh, first sort of. Um, Spirit of the Night was initially going to be called Spirit of the Night Stalkers, but there wasn't quite enough room. Ah. So you had that little tie between them. It's like the carriers from um, Urza Block. Mm-hmm. And apart from that, you also had uh, the entirety of Portal. 
Yeah, I was about to say. the Portal 2. Yeah, I remember which, the Portal ones with, like, the muskets. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about the Portal ones is they had cards which named the tribe by name, such as uh, Return of the Night Stalkers, which sacrificed all your swamps, but got your entire, um, every Night Stalker from your graveyard into play. Not that great a card, but you can't exactly erase a tribe which is called out in a rare. Yeah, direct, directly recognized in that way. Yeah. Um, we don't have that many Night Stalkers um, online. There was uh, one from ME4, uh, one from, uh, I believe it was Nemesis, and the three from uh, Mirage. Um, they're generally uh, slightly evasive, small, black, overpriced. They're generally... Uh, 